I'm assuming you're listening to this podcast because you either want to learn how to get into the industry or how to scale your vacation rental management company. I have great news for you because you are in the right spot. But I bet there's one thing that you didn't know was a key focus for growing and getting started in the vacation rental industry. And that is safety. So in this week, you're going to hear about how safety sells. You can learn how to become a certified safe property manager through Breezeway's safety course hosted by your one and only expert, Justin Ford. What's Breezeway, you ask? Breezeway is the industry's leading software that helps any host or property manager master their turnovers, cleans, and any maintenance tasks while on the go. Breezeway's mobile app makes it easy for you to see what and how far along your teams have come when it comes to cleaning and any other tasks, while automating the workload that you don't need to use on pen and paper anymore. Come on, it's 2023. Why is this so important? Why are we taking a whole week dedicated to safety? You're going to hear in today's episode starting right now. Good morning. Happy day two of safety week. Feeling rested? I'm feeling rested and I've had my cold brew. I'm a cold brew kind of guy. It's a double whammy. It's a slap in the face and it tastes really good. So slap in the face and it tastes really good. That's what we need in the morning. Okay, yesterday we talked about the high level overview thinking of safety for the vacation rental industry. Now today, for all of our listeners, this is one that you need to take notes, you need to replay over and over again, you need to share with your friends, whether you're just starting or you've been in the industry for a while. We're gonna cover where do I even begin with safety in my vacation rental? Whether you have one home or a hundred homes, I think this is, through and through are going to be something that's probably very similar. And I would love to hear three to five things for you. Where do you begin when you jump into a safety inspection or even let's say you're a new host and you're just listing or getting ready to list a property? What do you need to be thinking about and reviewing? You know, that's, this is a, something that's really evolved in the past year, even though I've been doing this for 10 years. And it's the difference between residential and commercial and short-term rentals fall into this gap in there. Everybody wants to fight that they're commercial, but the reality is there's a lodging tax being paid. And to the consumer, for the most part, they assume since they're paying you money, the lodging tax, that they're expecting a, not necessarily a hotel experience, but they're expecting an experience in the sense that they're going to get what they paid for. They paid for a roof over their head and things to work with it. So the first thing you've got to identify is that your home is now being used commercially. And most of the things, most of the items in it, aren't set up for that. Probably the greatest example is the refrigerator. In the short-term rental industry, we do see a lot of refrigerator fires. In fact, it's the number two appliance that catches on fire. And so people often say, well, wait a minute, why do we see so many refrigerator fires? And, I, and it really outlines what it is. The refrigerator in your home is a residential refrigerator in most cases. I was up at Moving Mountains, which is a big property management company in Steamboat, Vail, and Breckenridge recently, they've got a lot of those nice Wolf and Sub-Zero refrigerators, and those are commercial. So I'm talking about the Home Depot, Lowe's, Best Buy refrigerator you spend two to three grand on. Those are consumer grade. When they build those, they don't put a big compressor in them, and they put the venting and everything to clean them behind them down low. And it's because, and hopefully, Will, you're in a little bit better shape than I am, but it's you got mayonnaise and salad dressing and orange juice in your fridge most of the time. You've, you've got bulk. That helps keep the refrigerator cold. The compressor doesn't have to run very hard. But you go down to a restaurant, they've got commercial-grade 
refrigerators, big compressors, filters that need to be cleaned all the time because they run them empty. At the end of the night, they've cooked out of the refrigerator. There's no more food in it. So the compressor's running an empty space all day. So with the residential refrigerators, again, they're sucking in all this dust and dirt because the compressors get run so hard because in our rental properties, they're empty all the time. They're open two or three times to be cleaned. Guests are bringing warm products in there. All that dust builds up now. It's a fire hazard and they do catch on fire because they get hot all the wind. Think about that with every product that you have in your property. Every stool, every chair, every bed, every TV, everything. Is my property furnished and set up for people who are coming off the street, the general public to come in? And are they going to be easily able to operate these things? And can I maintain these things so that these guests can have an enjoyable and safe experience? So not everything is just about being picture perfect. It needs to be functional as well, is what you're saying basically, right? Everything has to function. It has to be easy to function. Another quick example is the grill. When you go to a state park or a hotel, that grill is a, it's a stand that's cemented into the ground or plugged into the ground and you just dump charcoal on it and use it. It's really brainless. There's no instructions. Like the bag, there you go. But when we send these folks into our vacation rentals, we're asking them to use gas grills with six burners, rotisserie, side burners. The instruction manuals that come with them are 30 pages long, of which five pages are just all the warnings. You can't just send a person out to use this grill now without it operating exactly as it is, because we know they're not reading the manual. So if the igniter doesn't work, if the gas isn't connected, they don't know what to do. And then these accidents happen as a result of it. And I remember you and I had a conversation not too long ago when you were first on my original podcast talking about where the grill placement is. Sometimes they're placed too close to the wall, to not high enough ceiling coverage from either the balcony, the deck, the whatever it might be. Can you maybe display kind of some examples of grill safety outside of just the, the propane? Yeah, absolutely. And this covers, you know, all the components. This is the next thing you have to know. And the short answer to that, a grill is supposed to have nine feet of vertical clearance above the burners. Take an 85% lean burger and squash it on your gas grill. Watch how high that flame goes. It's high. Greasy salmon burning on the grill. You go inside, it catches out and it, and it catches on fire. But they're supposed to be at least 10 feet away from a combustible structure, a house. A lot of fire localities are or at the point where it's supposed to be 10, but at least keep it three. And I, you know, that's what I work with, even though code's 10. But this highlights something, and that is there's code. Everything that we do in our homes, there's code for it. International building codes, international residential codes, National Fire Protection Association 101. It's out there, and it's been prescribed how we can live safely in our homes everything's there. That's something that I've worked on, you know, here at Breezeway for the last number of years is I've kind of compiled that all together into a user-friendly format that when you decide you want to rent your home out, these are the things you've got to do without getting into, you know, practically being a lawyer to figure this stuff out, you know, making it easy. So there is a checklist. There are a lot of things you've got to go through to prepare the home for the general public coming off the street to stay in it. Couldn't agree more. And that checklist is super valuable tomorrow. Once we jump into, we are going to cover some of your safety certification and that checklist from your course without giving the course away. Obviously, we're going to just kind of tease it a little bit. But outside of the grill, what 
things do you think people miss the most when it comes to their vacation rental safety? You said we are residential operating as commercial. So let's kind of talk about maybe some stuff on inside the home, outside of functionality between furnitures and design and stuff. Is there pieces that maybe people are missing completely, even though they think or they know they have it like a fire alarm, but you know, what, what's missed with that all the time? Yeah. And that's a good point. I like to break things up into life safety and injury prevention and life safety typically focuses mostly around fire and being able, you know, a lot of people don't realize an address marker is actually life safety. If an ambulance can't find the rental property, someone could potentially die if they're having a heart attack. But generally speaking, life safety is fire extinguishers, smoke alarms, CO alarms. And one of the recent studies that we've just looked at, we've learned that over 60% of fire deaths worldwide over the past decade are because people were intoxicated. They took a look and said, holy smokes, the, the smoke alarms worked, everything worked. Why didn't this guy wake up? We found him dead in bed. Well, they checked his blood. He was drunk. Well, you add that to the fact that another survey just came out of McGill University up in Quebec, Canada. They just determined that over 78% of uh, North Americans acknowledge they get drunk at some point in time on vacation. So we've got all these people coming to stay in our properties. These aren't just your friends coming over to stay over for the night. These are people that are coming that are drinking some wine, some beer, some cocktails. They're here to have fun, and we have a huge obligation to make sure they wake up. And the basic smoke alarms, the ones you buy at Home Depot or Lowe's, that's not enough. That's not enough to get them up, and you've got to understand that they need to be interconnected. There's a fire in the kitchen. They need to know about it upstairs in the bedroom, and they need to be able to get out. And egress is important, and you can't block windows. People need to be able to get out quickly. You only have three minutes to get out of a home today from notification of a fire. And, you know, back when you and I were little kids, Will, it was 20 minutes. So it's changed a lot just because of the chemical composition of the fake wood and furnishings that go into these rental properties now. Can you, for our listeners, kind of break down or just kind of give a definition of egress and what that looks like? And what is an example of good egress and bad egress for a vacation home? This is a big problem. And, you know, it just just came up in Scottsdale, Arizona. The city council met about it because they identified a number of rental properties there that didn't have good egress. And in those examples, they were bedrooms doing this whole beds in heads mentality that's hit our industry. Let's pack as many people in as we can. There were six bunk beds in a basement bedroom, and it had what is a typical small basement window. These are the kind, I'm 6'5". These are the kind that I can't even quite reach up to because they're up at the grade of the ground outside. And so egress requirements say the windows have to be 5.7 square feet within 44 inches of the floor. That's so we can get out if there's a fire because every bedroom needs to have two points of egress. Egress also doubles as ingress. So the firefighters can get in while they've got their air packs on, all that type of stuff. So a lot of times we see it with basements, I'll pick on my friends in Nashville. They've got all those tall and skinnies, they call it. Um, they have really small locks there. They built these very tall, skinny homes. And in the bedrooms, they pack the beds in blocking a window. And that's not okay. You can, you have to make it easy so they can get out. And uh, even go down into Texas, you know, they put an air conditioner in the window in the summertime. It's hot. But if it blocks egress, because that's the only window, people need to be able to get out. So really, really important. A good example is, and I don't necessarily say that our industry has to go in this direction, but as if it's sprinkles, if there's a sprinkler system, and that happens in a lot of condos and 
more commercialized and certainly newer buildings, um, you don't have to have egress. You just have to be able to walk out the bedroom. The assumption is the, the rain from the sprinkler system is going to put out the fire on the rental property. But it has to be a, a point of focus. These lofts that we see in vacation rentals all the time, they go up the ladder. Guess where, what it, when, a, when a loft catches on fire in one of these cool little cabins, guess where all the fire goes and heat? It goes up there. And then they can't get out. That's the first place the smoke goes. Egress is extremely important. And our industry has a long way to go to improve that. I could have said it better myself. And I think that's quite a way to end day two, because I know that in itself is going to give a lot of listeners a lot to think about as they're either setting up their properties or maybe thinking about going to go back and change a few things while they're currently operating. Okay, you heard it yourself. Hopefully that gives you a great starting point on safety for your vacation rental properties. I know there's a lot covered, so these episodes are curated and made so that way you are able to come back and enjoy the content over and over again, take notes, and again, like I said, share with your friends. This is super important. If you know anyone who hosts a property on Airbnb or Verbo or any of the channels or has their own management company, this is the content that they need to hear. Maybe they know it already, or maybe it's a good refresher. Depending on the operator, the answer is always different, but there's so much good content in here. So I hope you enjoyed day two and now get ready for day three coming out tomorrow.